Head to netsuite.com slash briefing now for their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Monday, June 5th. A very busy day in presidential politics. The Republican field gets bigger this week, while another 2024 hopeful bows out. Former Vice President Mike Pence made it official today. He is running for president, and he's taking on his former running mate, the president with whom he served, Donald Trump. It is an unprecedented equation in modern-day American presidential political history. Mike Pence filed his paperwork with the Federal Elections Commission, declaring his statement of candidacy. He will formally, before an assembled crowd and the press, do an announcement speech in Des Moines, Iowa on Wednesday, followed by a CNN town hall moderated by Dana Bash in Des Moines on Wednesday. Why is the former governor of Indiana, the former vice president of the United States, the former congressman from Indiana announcing his presidential bid from Iowa? Well, it tells you he's going to be banking a lot On that first contest, the Iowa caucuses, where nearly two-thirds of the anticipated Republican electorate will be evangelical Christians, which is the base of support Mike Pence has relied on throughout his political career. But some of those folks are Trump devotees, and the split he has had with his former boss in the aftermath of January 6th may make Pence's path to the nomination all that more complicated. Here was Pence in Des Moines on Saturday. The truth is, I believe, as conservatives, men and women, you have a -a once-in-a-lifetime chance to shape the leadership of this party in ways that will shape the nation as never before. Also getting in the race this week, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. He's expected to get in tomorrow. And then the little-known North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, who rolled out a teaser video for his announcement, is also expected to get in the race on Wednesday. Anger, yelling, infighting, that's not going to cut it anymore. Let's get things done. But one name on many people's watch list actually took himself out of the running today. New Hampshire Republican Governor Chris Sununu sat down exclusively with my colleague Dana Bash to explain he is not going to take the plunge. We've taken the last six months to really kind of look at things where everything is, and I've made the decision not to run for president on the Republican ticket in 2024. Sununu said he is clearly concerned about the size of the field of candidates and wants to make sure that he's in a position to help apply some pressure as the New Hampshire governor to urge some folks to get out if they're not getting traction and support by Christmas time. He believes a Donald Trump nomination for the Republican Party in 24 will be a sure loser for the GOP. He's clearly going to spend his political capital as the governor of the first in the nation primary state in this process to urge the party to find a new direction. Here's more of what he told Dana. If Republicans nominate him, then we're saying a vote for him in the the primary is effectively a vote for, for Joe Biden. I mean, that's ultimately how the math will play out. Former President Trump and his message, his style, his brand have cost us dearly, and he doesn't represent the Republican Party. As for that non-Trump lane of candidates, which keeps getting bigger, two of the candidates who have been running, not named Donald Trump, 
or Ron DeSantis, had high-profile appearances in the last 24 hours. Nikki Haley, the former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations under President Trump and the former South Carolina governor, appeared on a CNN town hall last night moderated by Jake Tapper, where she argued that Trump and DeSantis are in the wrong place on a critical foreign policy issue, the Russian aggression and war in Ukraine. Ukraine has the ability to win, but we have to think bigger than that. And for them to sit there and say that this is a territorial dispute, that's just not the case. To say that we should stay neutral, it is in the best interest of America. It's in the best interest of our national security for Ukraine to win. We have to see this through. We have to finish it. On the issue of abortion, Nikki Haley, who calls herself, quote, unapologetically pro-life, said she thinks there is a federal role in restricting abortion but that it's not clear what that role is because there is no consensus of 60 votes, a filibuster-proof majority, in the United States Senate. She would not specify, when pressed many times by Jake, as to when in a pregnancy she believes is the right time to put the ban in effect. Here's where she thinks there may be some compromise ahead. I think we can all agree on banning late-term abortions. I think we can all agree on encouraging adoptions and making sure those foster kids feel more love, not less. I think we can agree on doctors and nurses who don't believe in abortion shouldn't have to perform them. I think we can agree on the fact that contraception should be accessible. And I think we can all come together and say any woman that has an abortion shouldn't be jailed or, or, or given the death penalty. Can't we start there? It's very tough for presidential candidates to do a political dance and not take a firm stance on an issue of such importance all the way through the election season. So I wonder if we are going to see Nikki Haley evolve on this issue in some way where she's going to have to make a decision if she wants to align herself totally with the pro-life movement inside the Republican Party or if she wants to keep her eye a bit more on the politics of a general election audience. Haley also used the CNN town hall as an opportunity to go directly at Ron DeSantis and criticize the way he's been handling his dealings with Disney. It's the hypocrisy of the whole thing. He went and basically gave the highest corporate subsidies in Florida history to Disney. But because they went and criticized him, now he's going to spend taxpayer dollars on a lawsuit. It's just like all this vendetta stuff. We've been down that road again. We can't go down that. For his part, Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, who's been a presidential candidate for a couple of weeks now, he went straight into the lion's den. He went to go on The View today on ABC, a place where some of the co-hosts, including Joy Behar, have been criticizing him with comments saying that he doesn't understand or acknowledge systemic racism. Now, Tim Scott is the only black Republican in the United States Senate. And Tim Scott has been fundraising off of this critique from what is seen as sort of a liberal gathering of hosts on that show. Today, he took them straight on, though Joy Behar doesn't appear on the show on Mondays, so she wasn't there. But he was pressed about how he would define the term systemic racism. Here's what he said. 
One of the things I think about, and one of the reasons why I'm on the show is because of the comments that were made, frankly, on this show, that the only way for a young African-American kid to be successful in this country is to be the exception and not the rule. That is a dangerous, offensive, disgusting message to send to our young people today, that the only way to succeed is by being the exception. Obviously, he didn't answer the question. Instead, he wanted to pivot to his message of a bit more of a compassionate conservative. It reminded me a bit of George W. Bush going to the NAACP in the year 2000 when he was first running for president and making that argument against what he called the soft bigotry of low expectations. It's this compassionate conservative argument that Tim Scott has been making for much of his political life and is at the heart of his presidential campaign. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.